So what would the beginning of a new season be without a recap of the previous season? So for a season three intro, we're just gonna check out the road so far. Welcome Hunters, it is your friend me, Lee here, and today for this episode, we're going to do something just a little different, just because, you know, it's season three, you know, we have, uh, you know, the whole season's open before us, and I mean, I know what I'm going to do, but you don't. So I just thought it would be really great to look back at season two and uh, just talk about all the great things we talked about. Okay, so season three was amazing. Uh, I got to interview a lot of people that I admire and uh you know people that i know in a sense but you know you can never truly know another person i think that's something people take for granted you can never really know another person i mean to be honest you don't really know yourself i mean if you look back at the things you did when you were younger um or the things that you're doing now you would say i would never have thought i would do those things because you know people are dynamic and we're always changing and so uh, one of the first people that I interviewed in season two of XP Hunter was um, Kagan Luce. He's a local graphic artist and comic uh, artist and writer. And it was so funny because he had come for an interview and I had met him like two or three years ago and I really liked his art. And then a great space uh, in a local neighborhood opened up called the Black Market and he was there and he was selling his racially ambiguous t-shirts and, you know, uh, some of his comics and these great postcards. And and I bought one. And then later again, I was like, man, I found his card. And I was like, I should interview this guy for XP Hunter. Like, you know, we're all about here at XP Hunter. We're all about comics and uh, the culture and anime. And we're just about creative, creative works and, and the people who do them and the people who admire them and appreciate them. And so I invited him on and he came on and, you know, talking with him was just really great. And what I thought was best about our interview was, you know, I had already kind of heard about it, like, you know, in whisperings, but he was there and he told me that he had uh, gotten together with a couple of other people and they had created um, the Col Comics and Color Expo. So the greater um, project we're working on is the Comics Boston Comics and Color Festival, which is going to be a comics arts festival that's going to happen at RCC, fingers crossed, and um, on April 4th, 2020. I mean, we're still, um, you know, laying the groundwork and getting the team together and all that stuff to make that happen, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, I've been to Comic Arts Festival for People of Color in other cities, mm. and um, it's just an amazing space where um, people can share their stories and cosplay and meet one another and, you know, feel safe that their stories are important and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, see people like them creating stories in comic books because there's a really big um, kind of, I guess, underground but becoming above ground mm -hmm. um, black comic scene. <laughs> So he came and he told me about uh, Comics and Color Expo, which is going to be a comics uh, convention that's going to happen right here in Boston. And we have a lot already, right? Like PAX East happens in Boston. Um, Comic-Con happens in Boston. Um, but they happen at the uh, convention center, which is in South Boston. Uh, and, you know, it's a commercial area and they are very large at, uh, conferences, so they, they do need a lot of space. Um, but his is going to be in the heart of 
Boston, literally geographically. It's going to be in Roxbury at Roxbury Community College. And that really, you know, sparked something in me because creative works by people of color, racially ambiguous, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, um, they really have this uh, special place for a lot of people because it's kind of like we don't exist in that world. And that's not to say that, you know, I tell you guys all the time with creators, the thing is you create what you know. And so if you're white and you were raised with white people and almost everyone you know is white, when you go to write something or create something, you're not thinking about those other people. You're thinking about what you know and everyone you know is white. So all the characters you create are pretty much going to be white. And you can't really fault someone for creating something from what they know. They, if they don't know, they don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> but bringing together um, and, and a lot of proponents who um, not get angry, but, you know, they, they play devil's advocate when, um, you know, people of color say we don't have any representation in like Marvel Comics or DC or, you know, any of like the big movies or comics or any of those things and people say well if you want it why don't you create it and that is the essence of why I'm so drawn to the comics and color expo because people are creating it every day the the biggest issue is are they getting the same amount of attention as a marvel as a mgm or any of those people and the answer is no right because at the end of the day marvel and mgm have like been doing what they've been doing for decades and people I guess you'll say trust them or they just been doing it so long that everyone's brainwashed and they're like, well, of course I'm going to support them because they've been doing it so long. Everything they do is going to be great, which we all know is not true from, you know, all Fox's debacles from all of DC's poorly put together um, live action films that they, you know, they keep trying, though. You can't you can't blame them. But um, this expo is going to bring a lot of creators, consumers um, of works that contain or you know what are just created by uh, people of color but comics and color I'm just super excited and having King and Loose was really like amazing for me because you know it's like meeting Keanu Reeves before he was Keanu Reeves and I know that I've read Kagan's comics and I really like them and I know that it's gonna go somewhere and having a comic convention uh, geared toward a specific uh, group of people a lot of people have said oh well like why do you have to set yourself apart? And it's like, it's not about setting yourself apart. It's just that, you know, for so long, we've been told that we should do it for ourselves or like not look to other people to like satisfy our wants and needs. And it's like, that's what we're trying to do. And and to be honest, it's like sometimes like, well, we're doing it because it's obvious that you don't want any part of this. You know, every time we say, well, it'd be great if you could create a character who looks like us. They're like, well, why? Why don't you just create your own? And so if you don't want to put us in your comics, then or, you know, in, in your mass media, then why would we think that you would want to be involved in, you know, a convention that literally just includes us? So, you know, it's not about segregating ourselves, but it's like, if I know that you don't like vanilla ice cream, I'm not going to invite you out for vanilla ice cream. You know, I'm going to invite people who like vanilla ice cream. Um, and so Cake and Loose was just the first of many interesting people we had on the podcast. Being an XP hunter isn't all killing death claws, getting high scores, and swilling way too much Red Bull. It's also about getting out there and exploring the real world around you. This season, we're going questing in a big, big way. Conventions, guild meetups, and cosplay DIY. I'll be there doing and experiencing everything. Next time, I hope to see you IRL. Last season, we 
had Brent Bristol, who again is someone I really, really admire. And I didn't actually think I was going to get him. Right. So I found out about Brent Bristol's uh, comic ordeal uh, through Webtoon, which is a really great app. I was looking for comics to read and, you know, I had kind of caught up on my Green Lantern core and all that stuff. And I just couldn't find anything I liked. And I happened to pass by it. Uh, when I was like Googling very specific types of like comics. And so I found it on there and the artwork was great. I love the colors and saturations. And I also like that a lot of the characters, you know, look like me like they and it wasn't just that they look like me. They were a very wide breadth of people, um, mostly because, you know, it takes place in Trinidad, basically. And um, Trinidad is a very ethnically diverse place you have chinese indian obviously black um there are a very large breadth of people there and so because of in um interbreeding and mingling and stuff like that you have people who um you know span the whole spectrum of you know skin tones and um phenotype features and i really really like that that it wasn't just it wasn't just black people it was people who were literally multi-ethnic and they all look different and unique, and I love that about it. Originally, there was supposed to be no superhuman uh, abilities or anything like that. It was completely just MME and a little bit of martial arts and mm. stuff like that. There was no kind of, because it was supposed to be one chapter or one volume, and that's it. And my teacher was, my lecturer was telling me, you know, make sure I'm having fun doing it because it's a lot of work. To make sure I'm enjoying doing it. And one of the things I love to draw the most is fight scenes. Mm. Um, that is really fun. And um and it is fight scenes with uh natural fight scenes are fun, but superhuman fight scenes are like they're amazing to draw. You can draw all these cool powers and stuff. So I just threw in some superhuman abilities into the mix and that's all audio turned into a sci-fi superhero above natural kind of story. It was accidental. And so I, you know, one day, I, I'm not going to lie, guys, I was at a bar and I was feeling myself and I was like, you know what? What's stopping me? And I sent him a message on Instagram uh, and actually through email as well. And I was like, hey, my name's, uh, you know, Ashley Lewis and I do a podcast called XP Hunter Lee. You can find me here and listen to my other episodes, you know, and he replied and I was so surprised. And I was like, oh my God, this great artist is going to let me like ask him questions. And I was just so flabbergasted. And, you know, I didn't really know anything about him, you know, comics, comic creators, and especially on Webtoon, you know, sometimes when they need a break, when, you know, the drawing and stuff, you know, catches up with them, they do little Q and a, uh, uh, segments where they talk with their their they let people submit questions and then they answer them uh and he hadn't done one of those yet and so I didn't know anything about him I mean I knew he was a guy or he could actually have been a, a girl I know a woman named Brent but um I was like well can I talk to you and he's like yeah it's fine cool so you know I set up a date and we talked and I just learned so many things about him I was really surprised to find out that Brent was so young like he's younger than me which you know you never know. He, I mean, he could have been 15 for all I knew, but he's like 23 and he's like, I'm going to try and make a go of it, you know? And I think that's a really great idea because right now creative uh, works, you know, for a long time, especially even when I was younger, like steam was, you know, gaining a lot of steam. <laughs> See what I did there, guys. But, you know, you know, steam, STEM, STEM was gaining a lot 
Okay, so even when I was younger, um, STEM, you know, science and technology and engineering and math was really gaining a lot of steam in, uh, you know, culture in our culture and it was like oh well we need more scientists and this and that and it's like we do definitely we do right like we're at a point where we need to be thinking about expanding our influence into the wider universe and i say guys because i'm just like we're not really ready for that i think mentally technologically wise um i mean sure we can probably put together some stuff that will get us places but mentally are we ready to start basically empiring you know what i mean and um i don't think we are but stem has been a real it's been pushed for so long since uh you know the 2000s and probably even before that but you know they came up with the whole acronym of stem and stuff and you know they wanted kids to learn coding and do all these things and and literally i think about five years ago they started doing steam which they added a to the acronym which stands for art and i'm like Oh, you guys finally caught up with yourselves because I, I know for a fact that, um, you know, saying that we need more scientists is all great and good. But then, you know, after the generation that grew up, you telling with you telling them that they need to do science and math and stuff, you'd be like, oh, there are no great artists. We don't have anyone writing any good scripts or doing any great artwork. Oh, we're falling behind culturally. And I'm like, you know whose fault that is? That's your fault because you told everyone that if they want to have a great life or contribute to society in any, any way, they had to do a hard science, you know, instead of doing something creative. And so I, I think that a lot of people are really seeing the value in creative works. And I don't think it's kind of on the level where everyone thinks that, you know, you need to be Picasso, but they are on the level of, you know, this is something that's important because a lot of times the stuff that survive, survives isn't, you know, the hard math, right? Because rules in math and science are kind of being tweaked and not rewritten, but adjusted all the time. But art is constantly fluctuating and it's a, a very established part of it. And that stuff survives, even like... Even stuff that's bad survives, you know, and, you know, movies like Clue are considered cult classics, even though I'm like, mm. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's so bad that it's good. Um, and talking to Brent about, you know, his family history with drawing, with him having just graduated and him saying, I'm going to make a go of this. This is something I have a passion for and this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. It really um, made me feel great because a lot of people steer away from doing stuff like drawing or um, art that isn't pertained towards like marketing and stuff because it it's not going to make you a lot of money. The whole starving artist uh, trope is still very, very big where it's not, you know, you just have to know what you're doing. Um, anyway, Brent Pastel was an amazing guest. Um, his artwork is great. Uh, if you would like, you can check it out. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Brent Bristol or um, Ordeal on Webtoons. It's it's really, really great. I love it. Um, we also had Zamboni Jones on the show. So I know Zamboni personally. Uh, we I record my show um, at the WBCA 102.9 FM radio studios. Um, where my show is also broadcast, and Zamboni does too. And ironically, uh, his show comes on right before mine. And so we also work together occasionally. And so um, Be In Town, Black and Gold, it has Zamboni Jones and two other hosts. And so I, you know, I just wanted to grab him because uh, ironically it came up in conversation that he likes playing 
tabletop games, which is something I kind of started talking about on the show last season because, you know, I like video games. But, you know, before video games, before Pong even, there were analog games or tabletop games. You know, you were playing Candyland and Sorry and Uno way before video games even were created. Well, I mean, I can't say that for all of my listeners, all of you got hunters out there. But me personally, I started playing tabletop games. And so... Uh, I invited him on the show to talk about it and how it influenced his life and what he liked about it. At this point, video games are so prevalent that thinking about uh, card games like Magic the Gathering or um, Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that is kind of in the back of people's minds because video games are so readily accessible and uh, I won't say trendy, but, you know, it's it's a lot easier now to play video games, even video games with other people, because most games that come out have some kind of multiplayer uh, segment to them. Even games that are initially story mission, I mean, um, are initially RPGs now have multiplayer modes where you can play with other people who are also in their house in wherever. Um, but with tabletop games, like the person's right there next to you. And so somebody came on and told me about his experience with Magic the Gathering. I used to be an avid video game player. I used to be a huge fan of RPGs. Mm. I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Yes, who's not? As I, I think Lee is too. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan when that was out. And um, just growing up kind of like in the 90s, you catch on to like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the, yep, yep. the games like that, racing games, uh, boarding games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many other games that I love that I wouldn't be able to list off here now yeah there are many many reasons my favorite reason is that it's never for the most part if you play casual magic it's never the same game twice so you could play a game against someone um if you're playing like best of three the first game will be five minutes then the second game will be like a half hour or 40 minutes the the strategy is infinite really Mm. there's so many cards i think now there are twenty thousand different cards so the strat there's so many strategies out there it's mind-blowing you'll like you'll always find something different which is what i love about it it's not just like cut and dry the same every time like your strategy will develop a little differently each time um the depending on if we ever if we get into like how to play down the road it's just like you have to be on your toes all the time or depending how casual or competitive you are um you're experience with the game can help you find other avenues of strategy etc it's just it really is endless which is cool the other part of it that i really like is that it encompasses all of fantasy so like any fantasy or sci-fi creature you can think of or concept you can think of is in magic having zamboni on was really really great because um not too many people I know personally uh, play tabletop games. And I recently had gotten back into playing them. Like I had started Dungeons and Dragons like a million times. But uh, I always came up with the issue of like not having anyone to play with <laughs> after a while. And so it's really hard to like have your character gain levels or, you know, raid a dungeon by themselves. Um, so I kind of felt fell off with that. But um, talking to Zamboni really like urged me to like start maybe my own like little meetup in my neighborhood we'll talk more about that (laughs) later um but we're gonna try um but talking about analog games was so much fun talking with Zamboni Jones is great because he was so enthusiastic about it I also got the opportunity to talk to Casey Pierce who is a 
comic writer. And so, you know, we've talked to artists or artists and writers. So Brent Bristol was a a writer and artist. He he did the artwork and the storyline for his comic uh, ordeal. And then Kagan Luce uh, is also a writer and drawer for uh, artists for his um, for his comic called Lunchtime Comics. Um, but Casey Pierce is just a writer. So she's a writer and she has someone, you know, draw the panels for her comic. And talking to her was really interesting and great. I met her at um, Comic-Con. And, you know, her comic, not uh, Nora, is just, it's really good. It's interesting. The main character is female, which is great. And it was just an experience talking to her because, you know, I personally like to write myself. And so you always meet uh, comic writers. I mean, you always meet uh, comic artists and almost never the writers. Right. And yeah, they get their names on the front of the book, too. But everyone kind of praises the artwork. And yeah, it's a visual medium. But, you know, the storyline also is pretty important. Right. Like there's nothing to draw. If there's no story. So I, I really like talking to her. Uh, and she had some really great things to say. So there's a story. So Pieces of Madness at the time, it was first published under Rocketing Studios. And uh, at the time, it was five short stories. And uh, there were no pictures. And I was selling out of it at Comic-Cons. And Travis McIntyre, the editor of Source Point Press, uh, who does Nora for me um, and all my other titles, he said, I, you know, like he saw I was you know, really good at what I did. And he goes, I need you to pitch me a comic. And I said, I don't write comics. I'll never write a comic. That's not what I do. I don't think panel by panel. I I write novels. And uh, he said, well, uh, pitch me something, anything. And uh, I had the privilege of knowing Gary Reed uh, before he passed away. And Gary Reed was, of course, the the, the editor-in-chief of Caliber Comics. He wrote Dead World. And I had the chance to peek at his Dead World script and how it's formatted. And I'm like, so I, I can do this. It's kind of, you know, like it's like a film, right? So that's why Nora One is such a slow burn is because to me, it's the first 10 minutes of a film. Okay. And so I wrote it to be cinematic and uh, he loved it. And uh, he signed me to four issues. The rest is history. And here I am in the comic book world. You don't want me drawing anything. I can draw large headed chicks on bar napkins with their hands in the pockets because I can't draw hands. But until there's a market for that, I will just be a writer. Um, so what I'm known for, what my baby is, is Nora. And so Nora is about, it's like a X-Files meets Starship Troopers. It's about a woman who can go into your coma and either get you out of or help you cross over. But she obtains the ability of working in bioweapons. And it's all hand-painted by Sean Seal. And we do have a film going into production very soon. Um, I'll have more details on that later, so I'm very fortunate to say that. And uh, with volume one, if you dig that, volume two or issue five will solicit in comic book shops uh, in January. So you can order that. You can get this here or right now you can order this into your comic book store. Just say, I want the Nora trade, add it to my pull, and they'll do that. Um, I also do Sirius, which is my brand new comic. Uh, Sirius is Norse mythology meets the craft in the style of heavy metal, sexy, gory Viking witch fables, and these are self-contained. So. Uh, you know, if you like the one, uh, you don't have to buy the next one if you didn't want to. Um, they, it's a story all in one. So this is J.J. Cott does the illustrations for this. They're sick and savage, about Viking witches kicking ass on the southern shores of Iceland. Nice. Pretty much what it is. It's my fun series. Um, I also do uh, Pieces of Madness, which is my very first book. It's a prose book. 
Seven Short Tales of the Insane Cultist and Paranormal. For Clive Barker meets Twilight Zone, very similar to the vein of scary stories to tell in the dark, just a little bit gorier. So also in season two, I kind of been, <laughs> I have been teasing you guys with uh, the website for like ever. And, you know, life kind of gets in the way sometimes. I say that this is part of my life doing this podcast, talking with you guys, debating storylines and comics and, you know, medic stuff. But uh, I do want to do the website. The website is actually coming. It's coming in January 2020. January 1st, 2020, it will be up there um, out in the interwebs for you guys to look at. Um, it will have a forum for you guys to talk to each other, talk to me. Uh, I'll be doing like little articles every week. Uh, and I also will be doing XP Hunter IRL, uh, which was something that we also talked about. I already have like five episodes uh, in the bag. They're really short. They're like 15 minutes each, but I really wanted to revamp it. So those episodes will be on the YouTube channel. You know, you can go to YouTube and search XP Hunter Lee uh, and find it. Uh, but I kind of want to revamp how it looks. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit sleeker and everything coming in 2020. But you'll be able to see those episodes on the episodes I've already done on YouTube coming soon. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I kind of teased you guys about that for forever. I was like, yeah, I know. Website's coming soon. Wait for it, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Um, but it just kind of got away from me like a lot of things. But the website is coming. You will be able to check it out really, really soon. And I hope that you guys will... Uh, participate more um if you didn't know what like the whole premise of xb hunter irl is it's not just so that you guys can see me irl um face to face so to speak it's really just uh a way for me to show you guys the things that i'm out there doing um uh, mostly because i know uh that you know video games have video games comics anime those those creative mediums really have a special position in a lot of people's lives because you know escapism or just allows you to ex to experience something different that's not your everyday life you know it kind of takes you out of the everyday grind which is you know really good for your mental health so that's the road so far guys uh it's been great traveling with you uh i mean what's an adventure without companions to be there to help you to throw you a phoenix down you get killed because you're level five and the enemy's level 40 and I'm so grateful for you guys being here and listening. And so I hope that you'll stay with me if we have to disband. That's fine. I'm sure we're running to each other again. But if you want to party up, if you want to help me gain XP, if you need me to help you gain XP, I am there for you. So don't forget that you can send me a message at xphunterlee at gmail.com. I, I don't bite usually. I do like to debate though, so be ready for that. And the website is coming in January 2020. So be on the lookout for that. Don't worry, I'll remind you. Um, and in the meantime, in between time, guys, 